Medical Life with Rick and Robin Moe again. We are going to talk about addiction. What we're not going to talk about is addiction to drugs. We're not going to talk about addiction to some harsh things. We're yeah. going to talk addiction to some pretty common, average, normal right. stuff. Not substance No substance addictions. talk. No. So we're going Nothing to... that basically puts you in jail. <laughs> right. So if you're out there going, oh, this isn't for me because, you know, I don't do any addictions that get me in jail. Well, then, then you're fine because we're not going to talk about those things. You know, when you say addiction, first thing that comes to my mind is, Calgon, take me away. Take you away. Take me away. That's what I think of. Not that Calgon's bad, mm-hmm. but any sort of thing that you could become addicted to, apart from, let's just say, a relationship with your family, with your friends, with with your neighbors, okay, your coworkers. If something becomes a, an addiction for you, and it takes you away from the most important people in your life, not mm-hmm. illegal, you're not going to be put in jail for it, but Calgon, take me away. It- The second definition of addiction is someone who is enthusiastically devoted to a particular thing or activity, infatuated, obsessed, fixated, fanatical, abusing, or hooked on. The origin of the word addict means bound to someone or something. I do not like it. As soon as you start talking like that, okay, here we go again. She's talking about me. Yes, bound is the bound. key. key I recently started a new activity in my life. Uh-oh. And I think I'm coming up on four weeks. Oh, yes, I doing, know what you're talking doing about. Doing this certain activity. <laughs> in the morning when I wake up, I can't wait to turn on mm. that app that begins my dash, <laughs> as I call it. Uh-huh. And what that activity is, very simply, is that right here where we live, a lot of folks have chose to stay indoors during the most unbelievable weather I think Florida has maybe ever had in the five years we've lived here. We're talking medium temps. We're talking temps of 76, 78, 81 degrees with low humidity. But people have chose to stay indoors. And because of their choice of being indoors, they need stuff brought to them. So I have picked up an activity of bringing things to people who are housebound, shut in, locked up, quarantined. Mm -hmm. I've chosen to take on an activity that puts me in a path of picking things up for them and bringing it to them. Any place that you drive by here today, any sort of a store of any kind, from a convenience store to a restaurant to a grocery store, I have been to most every one of them on the island now in the last four weeks and picked up items and delivered it to homes, apartments, places of of occupation. I've been delivering mostly food, but other items too, you know, toiletries and assorted things to to folks. But I tell you what, in the morning, I can't wait to turn on that app and to hear that ping. And that makes you think of the word bounce. Bound, yeah, um, because you you can get it's fun. Okay, I am having so doggone much fun. All right, and but addictions can be incredibly fun. Right, right. It could start off as something really thrilling. Calgon, take me away. Yeah. But and at first, you know, it might not be no big deal. You know, mom's taking her Calgon bath again. But, you know, after a while, it's like, where's mom? Well, she's in the bathroom again, taking another Calgon, take me away time. And pretty soon it's like, has anybody seen mom? You know, it's been a few weeks. Right. She got taken away. She is so bound to this new thing that nobody sees her because she's just enjoying that bath. You know, with work a lot, especially guys. You know, I, I say especially guys because, you know, I hang out with mostly guys. Guys can get really charged up on their job, especially if it's something they love to do. They can't wait to get there. They can't wait to begin the work. They can't 
wait to see what their work produces. And then when it comes time to clock out, they're saying to the boss, can I clock out late? Can I stay around a little longer? Mm-hmm. Do you need me tomorrow? Well, tomorrow's your day off. Yeah, but do you need me? It's very easy if you love what you do. Uh, now, if you don't love what you do, and you're you, clocking out you're early, clocking out early mm-hmm. you're looking at the clock. But for those of us who love what we do, the clock acts more as a fan than it does a timepiece. That thing just flies. <laughs> I mean, when I'm doing my work, I look at what time it is, and I may have said to you, hey, I'll be home at such and such a time, and pretty soon I realize, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> He's sending me a text saying, why te- am I'm I on my you. way, which, right. you know, is like a preacher saying, we're almost through. Yeah, right. <laughs> means nothing. Yeah, and in closing, and how many closings does a preacher have? Right. And as he wants. Well, it just shows you that you can be obsessed with anything and that anything could take you out of the perfect order of things. It could take you out of the priorities of your life. If you don't think that you're that kind of person who can have that happen to you, you have a wrong view of yourself because we're all sinners and we're all susceptible to it. The Bible says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Because we can all be, like you're explaining, it doesn't even have to be seduced or enticed. You're just doing something so fun that you fall into it and you absorb yourself in it and you forget about everything else. And it doesn't matter what age you are, too. You can be susceptible to this. We were talking about Solomon, and he was seduced by his harem, and he let his wife's wishes come before God, and he had his priorities all out of line. And this all happened very late in his life. Some people have a right view of themselves. They know that they can be susceptible to these type of things, but some people are in it right now, and they don't even realize it. And like you said, Rick, you could take one step, and it can lead to a marathon. Right. Well, every marathon begins with a step. Well, just like one drink can lead to a life of alcohol. Right. One unresolved hateful thought can lead to violence, can put you in jail. (laughs) It can change the whole trajectory of your life. So it can start out very small. And we should try to learn the things that influence, things that deceive us, things that lure us into these habits and behaviors. And don't minimize any activity. Right. And not think that there's not a possibility. As soon as you hear somebody say, oh, that's no big deal, Mm -hmm. right away you can categorize that as, Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Uh, This is no big deal. This won't, it will. Yeah, if you even try to experiment on the edge of something or dabble in a sin of some kind, it can lead you into bondage. Hey, don't you just love it when good friends like... Yes. No, you don't. No. No, most people don't. I think long term, term, I wanted to say yes, but short term, But in short term, you're like, when a friend brings up something you don't want to talk about, or it's so truthful that it hurts, you're like, oh, dear. You, you can't be my friend. Well, that's what I'm doing. Oh, and you really hate it when your spouse says it to you. <laughs> in my case, it's not. That's not true. I love it when you bring up things that, you know, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that bring about change. Oh, and I love it when you bring it up for me, too. I know you do. I do. It's like I you do. can't stay up late enough to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, I am so tired. Well, to prove that you can be addicted to anything, I am going to tell a story about myself. Can I sit back a little here? Then, yeah, you can rest up? a little bit. Say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes, when I was younger, I lived very close to my home from where I work and I would go home for lunch, saved me a lot of money eating at home and I would turn on the TV and sit in front of it and I was checking the channels and uh, 
there was a soap opera that I remember that my mom used to watch. Calgon? No, no, a soap opera. Oh, oh right. No. See, here we keep coming back to soap. I mean, she watched it all the time. didn't seem like it was any big deal. And after a while, though, I did this routine for many months, and I just couldn't wait for lunchtime to arrive. I kept looking at the clock all morning. I was irritated when a meeting would run over, and I'd miss part of it. I waited anxiously all weekend for Monday so I could watch it again. One Friday, Rick, you won't believe this, my favorite character was shot and killed. <laughs> I know. It, I, I went into shock. I went back to work and I told everybody as I, I acted like it was a real person who just died in my life. I was completely distraught. So in other words, he got wrote out of the script. She. She got wrote Yeah, out. she got wrote out of the script, but I couldn't even concentrate on my job. All weekend, I was like grieving. Then, of course, I quickly, Monday at lunchtime, I turned it out. And guess what happened? It wasn't my favorite character. It was her twin sister. Evil. <laughs> I think she was an evil twin sister. And she was the one that got killed. And I felt like such a fool that I had let this soap opera really, literally take over my life. That in order to combat this, I had to stop watching the show and I had to change my lunch routine. But silly me, when my family had to live in with my mother-in-law for a long period of time, guess what I did? I started watching soap operas with her. It was a different soap opera, but she watched two of them. And I foolishly came hooked again. When we moved back into our house and I got a job, I started recording it so I could watch it at night. And again, the program took over my thoughts. I couldn't think about it all day. I couldn't wait to get home to watch it. One time I forgot to record it correctly. I recorded it for the wrong time. Oh my gosh, you thought the world was going to end. I mean, it really affected me. I live with this. <laughs> I, I just let it, I got so upset. I let it overflow to my family and I realized, oh my gosh. How, I, how is, I did it again. How seven and a half years of marriage go by and I knew nothing about... Seriously, I never told you no, this story? No. Oh, this is funny. I thought this was going to be like no. old hat to you. Well, no. luckily, I have not been seduced a third time. But I know for sure that I could be. I know it's a weakness for me. It's an area of my life that I have to be careful to guard, I believe, for the rest of my life. And I don't mean to compare this addiction to something serious like substance addictions. But I know that if I just open the door a crack in this area, I could relapse into this area of weakness for me. Don't assume that once you've dealt with something once, that it won't come up again. Right. And if it's your weak area, Satan will reintroduce it and tempt you there again. Satan will use any trick he can, big or small, to get us out of alignment with God. My. Now. My. That's good. Seriously, when I started this, I had no idea it was a weakness in my life. I mean, how do you know if something's going to be a weakness until you've done it, right? But it caused me to start to look at other people. I became mm. more observant. I, I said, hmm, who else in my family has addictions? Am I susceptible to it? Maybe chemically or maybe just by association with them. Right. I've got people in my family who are kind of like shopaholics. Yeah. Um, you might have people who are hoarders. These yes. are addictive behaviors. One day I had the I, I had this thought. Who else in my family tree? Yeah. Going back. How far can I go back till I can find somebody who didn't sin? <laughs> I made it all the way to Eve before I finally went, huh. there it is. Yes, we all sin. We all sin. And fall short. Of God's glory. And why is it that the Bible says this? Why does the Bible say to us this truth, this massive hunk of truth of for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Because inside of us, God built us with a desire for glory. Mm. Destined for glory. Built for glory. Right. 
Glory is what it's about. Glory lives inside of us. Glory, the glory the lives in, you. in us. And some people that are listening right now are probably going, it's been so long since I've felt any desire for glory. Well, today, turn back to that. Turn back, search for, find within you that ounce of desire to have some glory. Glory. And when I was looking for glory, it's an emptiness. Yeah. If you stop doing something that you've kind of like really liked to do, and right. it was filling some kind of space in you, when you stop doing that or realize you need to stop doing it, you need to fill it with something. You do, and you start with words. you got to begin with words, even words that maybe you don't believe at the moment. Like, for example, right now, I'd like to have everybody in the hearing of our voice, I'd like them to say two words. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Walk around your yard, just glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory hallelujah. Your neighbors are going to be watching you. <laughs> glory, hallelujah. I'm nice. telling you, glory and hallelujah put together are life-changing. Because mm -hmm. the glory of God, what's greater? Nothing's greater than the glory of God and hallelujah. What does the word, it's fun to say, yes. it sounds beautiful, but what is a hallelujah? I hope you had the answer to I this because I don't. I don't have the answer to what hallelujah is. I just know how it sounds and how it feels when it comes off my lips. Yes, it's praise. Praise. Well, when I was kind of in this cycle of sin, and I've been in cycles of sin before in my life, God told me to do some things that helped put everything back in order. Right. Because everything's like you said, it takes you away from God's right order, Calgon. Right. Yeah. So he told me to do some specific things. And the first one was read God's word. I had not been doing that. And God's word is right there to help you. It teaches you, rebukes, corrects, trains you in those righteous ways. You can have promises you can claim and you can have verses to memorize to combat any kind of temptation that might come your way. He also told me to pray. So talk to him. Like when you're singing glory, hallelujah, let's that be like a conversation with God, not just words as you walk around right. your yard. And you you want to open your heart up to hear from God. You talk to him. He talks to you. You confess and repent of anything that's going on in your life that you're yes. putting above him. And once you hear from him, if he tells you to do something, do it right away. Yes. Don't wait. Take his direction and guidance and it will help you. Another thing to do is you need to be in a church body. You need to go to church. I wasn't doing that either. And when you're in an honest fellowship with other believers, it is a better environment. It was a better environment for me. When you hear good preaching, it feeds your soul. When you're around other like-minded people, that really helped me. Now, listen, they're not perfect either, but at least you're all kind of working together yes. to serve God and to do things for God. And listen, you're influenced by the company you keep. Don't get pulled into other people's poor life lifestyle choices. Right. So look at poor teenagers. They get in these peer pressures to do certain things and they get into these bad addictions because they have trouble making these choices. You know, I just had a picture in my mind as you were saying all that. When I encourage people, I try to encourage them to do one of two things and do whichever you choose, just choose to do it well. I encourage them that in their life, they need to soar. Hmm. You need to soar with the eagles. That's the first thing I share with them, that I would encourage them to soar, to get out there and soar with the eagles. The other one is I give them the picture of, if you're not going to soar with the eagles, you can always pick around at the ground like a chicken. <laughs> and you know what you're going to do? The one that you hang out with the most. Mm. If you hang out with the eagles, you're going to soar because they're going to go, we're yeah, out of yeah. here and we're going up. And you do. You soar. So you got you to gotta be careful who you hang out with. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Eagles I or mean, chickens? Eagles or chickens. <laughs> okay. Seems like an easy choice. <laughs> and, and you know what? Mm -hmm. Our law today even says to us, you can kill chickens and eat them all day long, but don't touch an eagle. Right. But you can eat it. 
killing eat chickens all day long. All day long. Yeah. Um, another thing God told me to do okay. is to use my gifts. He has given us gifts to do. Now good. this, you know, you want to use your hands. You want to be doing things that are good. I mean, I joined the choir and I started to serve and it helped to refocus my attention on doing healthier, godly things. Uh, singing also just filled that space in me with praise for God, like you said, saying right. glory, hallelujah. And you want to fill your heart with those kinds of things. Fourth thing God told me to do was to tithe. Now, I think this is a very critical area. Give of the first fruits of what you make is what you're saying. God yes. said to you, when you make 10 bucks, peel off a dollar bill. And this is all about keeping your priorities in proper order. Right. The Bible says the love of money can lead people into many troubles in this world. Right. And, and if you make 100, peel out a 10 spot. Every thousand you make, have a hundo waiting to give away. Right. Please don't do any more higher math. I can't do it. Are you afraid? Yes. You have this look in your eyes right now. Yes. Oh, I no. I don't even know where it goes don't, from there. Plus 10,000. The next thing was God suggested I have an accountability partner. So if you're struggling to stop an addiction and, right. and doing it, maybe you need a support group or a counselor or a trusted friend to help you combat your addiction. I've had several accountability partners over the years, and, and I would like God bring those to me, uh, somebody I can trust. And I got that idea from an article on substance abuse. One thing it's good to do is identify the problem. And then what you need to do? What's that? Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> of course, as most are listening are, are saying, well, yeah, easier said than done. Exactly. But we're not talking easy here. No. We're saying something so you can do something. But you do need to stop you it. You need to stop it. You have to stop it. And I recently heard a story, and I just have to share it with you. It, it also relates to finding the root of a problem, identifying it. Right. And there was a lady, and she was overweight. You might think she has maybe a food addiction, right? You know, she can't control her eating habits. And she tried all these different diets, and she didn't know what to do. And finally, Lord, please help me. What can I do to stop my weight problem? And he told her to do something very interesting. He told her to quit reading Christian fiction novels. And she was like, what? I mean, and these novels are usually like three to six books long. Right. And what she would do is she'd start a book and she'd basically go into seclusion and would just want to binge read till she was finished with the series. Right. So what do you think happened to her relationship with her husband during these times of seclusion or her times with her kids or her house? And what was she doing while she was reading? That was her Kelga. She was, yeah, she was eating yeah. while she was reading. God told her to quit for one year. And so she listened to God. And during that one year, her relationships with her husband got better. Her home life was better. She was making healthier food choices. Right. Her relationship with God increased. And I would say, like I know for myself, I shouldn't watch soap operas anymore. She probably shouldn't ever read those books again. I have a question for our listeners. Okay. You like to do something, but God says you need to let it go. Don't do it anymore because it's a weakness of yours. It's yes. harmful. Alcoholics know they can't have a drink anymore because they know the effects on it. So yes. are there things in your life that you don't want to let go of, even though you know it's harming you, you don't want to let go of because you know God might ask you to really say no more. And you have to make a choice by moving forward with the Lord or just yeah. staying where you are. So say that again, what you'd like the listeners to do. Consider what God may ask you to give up, give up. and are you willing to give it up for him? Right. For a walk with him where your priorities are all in order. Right. See what kind of glory it might bring into your life. 
Yes. Because you want to give the glory to God, but first you got to get some glory. You got to get it to give it. God, I give you all the glory. Well, what are you giving me? God says, well, what are you giving me? God, I give you the glory. What, what glory are you giving me? So you got to go out and get some glory. Get some glory in your life. You know that this thing that you're doing is making your life out of balance. Right. Hey, with that, I can't think of a better way to end, but this is just another way to live a radical life. Woo! Radical life. Thank you for listening again. We would love it if you would send us an email. Send your comments to rickandrobinmo at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are now listed on Apple Podcasts along with Google Podcasts and Spotify. Search for us on Radical Life Support. We look forward to sharing more on this topic next week. Talk to you then.